Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Prepping for Pregame podcast. My name is Pete Rudin, joined alongside the fiercely loyal... Anna Kaiser. Robert Reed. Pete Mills. And <laughs> my golly, do we have another fantastic episode planned today. <laughs> Iowa is 6-2, and two, coming off... They didn't lose last week. They had a bye week. Tough to lose on the bye week. <laughs> it's very Except hard. Except the Bengals. Rutgers might sources. do it, too. The Bengals lost in their bye. I heard the Bengals lost 30 to 27 to, <laughs> to the, the bye, bye week. week. Hate to see it. But Iowa did not do that. No, and we have a uh, we have real polls and actual information this yeah. week. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Polls that matter, not people who vote. So it's a good day to follow college football. <laughs> Iowa has its biggest game of the season by far against Wisconsin coming up on Saturday. And it's going to be another Classic Big Ten, Iowa-Wisconsin, slug it out, physical ground game. Yeah, this game has 9-6 to six written all over it. Both both teams want to run the ball. Wisconsin's much more successful at running the ball, having probably the best back in the nation in Jonathan Taylor. Iowa, the past couple seasons, has struggled to get that run game going at times, especially when they go up against a great defense, which Wisconsin does have. So both teams will want to play that physical style of Big Ten football this weekend. And there are other factors that go into it, but the more physical team is likely to win this game. There's going to be something weird in this game, like a safety. Oh, you know there is going to. It's like 9-5 to five at halftime or something like that. Please. Or someone's like going to throw a pick on a two-point conversion and, and, and it's going <laughs> to get taken back. Something weird is going to happen. Wisconsin has I mean, a 74.6% chance to win, according to FBI. So... No love for Iowa. I mean, last time Iowa was in Madison, Josh Jackson had more interception return yards than Iowa had yards on offense, which I don't think is a recipe to win in a hostile environment like that. In most cases, no. But on the bright side, if it is a 9-6 to six game, all Iowa needs to do is get Keith Duncan on the field, and they've done pretty well with that in the past few weeks so it should be fine like why do you even have to try to make the end zone when you could just throw your kicker out there and really this could be the type of game where (laughs) exactly that could happen (laughs) like i mean realistically speaking i was either going to get blown out of the water or it's literally going to be nine to six and it's going to be all keith duncan which i'm not going to complain about keith duncan donuts bringing the energy to camp randall brought to you by duncan donuts and I will, like it has most of the season, we'll probably have to rely on Keith Duncan because, as I mentioned before, the Wisconsin defense is, despite giving up 38 points to now the number one team in the nation, Ohio State, pretty much every other game this year, the Wisconsin defense has been absolutely dominant. Just a couple of numbers on that group. They're only allowing 11.4 points per game this season and just under 230 yards a game, both ranked near the top in the nation. And if those marks weren't, Intimidating enough, they also have four touchdowns scored on defense and have pitched four shutouts, and they rank fourth in the nation with 32 sacks this season. So a struggling Iowa offense going into Madison to play that Wisconsin defense could look ugly. Plus, I mean, I don't even, Iowa probably can't even get its passing game going either against Wisconsin's secondary that, contrary to popular belief, actually does rank second behind Ohio State. So, I don't know. I'm feeling 9-6. Yeah, the Wisconsin defense allows 139.4 passing yards per game. So if Iowa can't get it going on the ground, they're going to have to rely heavily on Nate Stanley, who struggled in his last trip to Madison, 
who struggles on the road in the Big Ten quite often, especially in those environments that Madison will be. Yeah, you, you can definitely expect both defenses to try to stack the box and try to make the quarterbacks win the game for each team because Cone has also his struggles, and Iowa's going to definitely have that same type of game plan going in, trying to make the quarterbacks have to air it out and win it that way. Yeah, and Iowa cornerback Michael Ojemudia said today that they're going to try to take that run away, which is hard to do with Jonathan Taylor, but they're going to try to do that, and they think Cone can be prone to making mistakes, even though he's only thrown two picks on the season. But if they do get him out of his rhythm, I think that would be huge for the Iowa defense because if you just get the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands, then that's momentous. And obviously Iowa's probably going to stay with their 4-3 base defense for most of the game. They're going to have safety up in the back, most likely Jack Kerner. And that means out wide there's going to be some cornerbacks on an island out there. And I guess it's good for the Iowa defense when you have a corner like Michael Ojemudia out there who can cover any receiver in the conference one-on-one. But to try to take away Jonathan Taylor, they're going to put as many guys in the box as they can. And if even that can't stop Jonathan Taylor, then it could be a tough day for Iowa. Yeah, Ojemudia, I mean his stats really aren't padded at all because opposing offenses just aren't targeting his yeah. way. It's like Desmond King in 2016. Yes. He's not getting those numbers that you'd expect out of an all-conference cornerback, but he's an all-conference quarterback in every way. He's, if not one of the best cornerbacks in the country. He's just, the defense, or offenses just want to stay away from him, and that can make a huge difference this weekend. If Iowa can stop the run and... They don't want to throw the ball to Michael Ojemudia. There's not a whole lot else they can do. So, Also, an interesting nugget from Kirk Ferentz's press conference today. What I thought was one of the most interesting things out of the day is when he compared Jonathan Taylor to Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, two backs who Iowa has had to face recently. Didn't really go well for the Hawkeyes. It really didn't. But now they're both tearing it up in the NFL, just making highlight real plays left and right. A, a really good test for a running back to see how they're going to fare in the NFL is really facing Iowa. Because, that I mean, that's really how it's gone, is the guys that have been able to consistently get it done in huge ways against the Iowa defense, which plays like a pro defense in a lot of ways, have done really well in the NFL. And Pete Mills, I hear you have some patented Wisconsin facts coming our way. Some, some tidbits and can some you facts con- mixed in with the tidbits. Can you confirm that? I can confirm. And apparently, according to various sources on the internet, if you want to sound, if you want to sound smart this weekend, if you are making the trip up to Madison, you do want to know that Madison lies on an isthmus, which, not to be confused with a strait, is an isthmus lies between two bodies of water and connects two larger land masses. So... There are two lakes surrounding Madison, Wisconsin, and they are Lake Monona and Lake Mendota. However, please do not confuse that with a strait. Don't call it a strait. You'll sound like a dummy. A strait flies between two land masses and connects two larger bodies of water. Obviously. So those are two separate things. Don't be that guy. And if you can like work that into some insult somehow, I can't really think of any right now, but it's sort of like, you know, you guys you guys are Nismus. We're yeah, we just have land. The tailgates all over Madison will be discussing this topic. Yeah, so there you go. If you want to sound like a smart guy this weekend, drop that in there. Or girl. Have, or girl, yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> we also have some famous Wisconsin alumni that you might not know about. 
If you ever see any funky houses lying around the country, we have Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright is actually an alumnus of Wisconsin. Some pretty weird looking houses. I'm not a fan, but if you like kind of, you know, weird shapes and triangles and whatnot, that might be your guy. Also, we have Rose Lavelle, who uh, shot ba- fired back a couple goals in the U.S. Women's World Cup last summer. USA. U- USA, yes, Pete. Very good. Very cool, Pete. <laughs> also, we have John Muir, who is a conservationalist. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the Muir Woods in California, which, you know, they have the big, the big redwoods. The big, huge trees. Very big trees. Very big If you've trees. ever seen one. Um, yeah, Muir Woods, named after John Muir, alumnus of... University of Wisconsin-Madison. We also have Steve Jobs, apparently, according to Google, but I don't know that we have a consensus that that's true. Also, Young Gravy. <laughs> young Gravy went to Wisconsin? Young Gravy went no to Wisconsin. No way! Um, young Gravy, better known as Young Gravy. He's from <laughs> Rochester, Minnesota. I knew that part. Known for, for some Mr. reason, Queen. I don't know why. Other popular songs include One mm. Thought, Two Thought, Red Thought, Blue Thought. Mr. <laughs> Clean. Gravy, why you flow so mean? Yeah, after that quick Google search right there, Young Gravy is indeed a alum, alumni of Wisconsin-Madison. So if you can figure out what he studied there, that would be greatly appreciated towards the, the, the finding of knowledge with this podcast. So that's all I got for you from Madison. Back to you, Pete. Uh, first, Thank I would you. like to also mention J.J. Watt as an alum because I know he's not as big as some of those <laughs> uh, famous people, but... Uh, Huge shout out to JJ Watt, one of my favorite professional athletes today. He Does was, Russell Wilson count? Kind of. He, he went there year. for two years, right? Was one it one? Year. one yeah. Year. Well, they would all probably design cooler looking houses than Frank Lloyd Wright. Very cool, Pete. Thanks, Pete. And now to some more pressing news uh, from someone who was born in Wisconsin the Nate Stanley goatee update uh, today at availability. Just disappointing to report, but. No fully formed uh, goatee this week, just a little stubble, but... It's there, but it's not astounding by any no, means. No, I mean, it, it's not... In, in the beginning of the season, it was really there at full force, but now it's, it's just a remnant of its former self. So no fully formed goatee this week. Back to you, Pete. Very cool, Robert. <laughs> Thank you. But you know what we do have? What do we, we have? We may not have a goatee, but we do have college football playoff rankings. College football and playoff rankings. a Big Ten West race. We do have a Big Ten West race, and we have a Big Ten West elimination game this Saturday. Anna, you are pretty much an expert on this Big Ten West race. You wrote an entire column about it. I did. I dove very, very, very far into the Big Ten West race. Would you like to give us a little little insight on what's going on? Yes, I would love to. I did dive very deep into the Big Ten West yesterday because, frankly, it's a mess. So a lot of things could play out in the next two weeks. I'll just sum it up really quick. Basically, this weekend is... One would like to think an elimination game for the Big Ten West. Whoever wins Iowa and Wisconsin is in the running with Minnesota for the division. Um, It's really hard to think that a team can overcome three conference losses and still win the West. However, it is possible. Minnesota obviously faces Penn State this weekend, which should be really interesting to see whether Minnesota is actually good or not, considering they've played pretty bad teams up until this point contributing to their perfect 8-0 record, but um, whatever, it's fine. Anyway, if they do happen to all three have three losses, there's a very long list of eight steps of a tiebreaker that ends in a final 
random draw for a chance to face Ohio State in Indianapolis in December. So let's just hope that doesn't happen and that whoever wins the Big Ten West has two losses. And speaking of those teams you mentioned, Miss Kaiser. Yes, Penn State. Penn State making a move in the Column Bridge football playoff rankings. First ones were released on Tuesday. Penn State at number four. Number four over defending champion and still undefeated Clemson, who I believe is on a 24-game winning streak. Their lack of schedule is playing against them. The biggest or the best team as far as rankings go that they'll play this year is Wake Forest, and they haven't played them yet. So it'll be interesting to see. They'll need some people to lose in front of them in order to get back in playoff position. They also had a huge win over Wofford last week, so congrats, <laughs> Clemson. What is Wofford? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of that in my entire life. But also of note in those rankings, Iowa came in at number 18. The Big Ten has six teams in the top 18, including two in the top four, with Ohio State claiming that the top spot at number one. Yeah, Ohio State going in above LSU, who is number one in the AP poll, and Alabama, who's Alabama. Pretty wild that a two-loss Wisconsin team is still ahead of an undefeated Minnesota team as well. And that yeah, Minnesota got no love. Minis- They're at 17, one spot ahead of Iowa, and Wisconsin's at 13. Minnesota's there at number 17, and number 16 is 6-2 six and two Kansas State. Minnesota's currently 8-0 in the Big Ten, so not a lot of respect for who they've played so far this season. No. That could change this weekend. And Anna just ran through that. I did. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. A lot of things are really interesting right now. Okay, so with all the madness going on in the Big Ten this week, what are your guys' guys's picks for... Let's do a uh, two-for-one. Let's go Iowa, Wisconsin, and Penn State, Minnesota. Mm, I like that. Yeah, changing it up a little bit. All right, I'll go first. I'm picking the Wisconsin Badgers to beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. I think Wisconsin is going to be just too tough of an environment for Iowa to go into and win. Jonathan Taylor is very good. That defense is very good. And a struggling Iowa offense, I don't think is going to do enough to beat the Badgers. And then for the second game, I'm picking Penn State because I can't imagine a world where Minnesota is 9-0 and just knocked off the number four team in the nation. Minnesota is not elite, despite what uh, their Twitter may say. Going to go with the Nittany Lions in that matchup. I'm also going to go Wisconsin this weekend. I have never picked a team not named Iowa for a game, even though I should have. And this week, I'm changing it up. I just think that Iowa doesn't have it together right now offensively, and going into Camp Randall with what it does have isn't going to result in a win. Um, if somehow they win 9-6, to six, it's going to be all because of Keith Duncan, and I stand by that. I will stand by it after the game on Saturday. As for Minnesota and Penn State, Robert, I have to agree with you there. The fact alone that Minnesota thought they would get game day over LSU-Bama is ridiculous and in its own right deserves a loss. So, yeah, that's that. I am also going to continue this train of thought. Choo-choo. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Mills. Uh, but I'm also going to... Robert's staring at me like he wants to murder me. But anyways, I'm going to agree with you, Robert. I'm going to take Wisconsin over Iowa. I don't think 
Iowa hasn't faced a back or a player really like Jonathan Taylor this season. And I think he just, he does what he does. And on top of that, the other week I said before Wisconsin lost to Illinois, I was almost positive that Iowa would get shut out against that Wisconsin defense. Now I'm not so sure about that, but I still think Wisconsin comes out with a victory. I do not think they cover though. Iowa will take care of business in that aspect. They will not lose by 10, in my humble opinion. As for Minnesota, Penn State, I am going to go with the Nittany Lions just as you guys did. Minnesota's best win is against South Dakota State, an FCS program. They won their three non-conference games against South Dakota State, Fresno State, and Georgia Southern by a combined 13 points. That's not elite, if you ask me. They haven't played anyone. Their next best win is either over Purdue or Nebraska? An an elite program wouldn't have their biggest game the conference has played in decades played at 11 a.m. I'll just say that. And I guess you can put Illinois up there as their best win if that's weird to say, but that's still not saying much. Let's be real. You guys are boring. You guys don't like fun, and I love fun. So I'm taking Iowa and Minnesota this weekend. Oh. Pete, I'll take your 13 points, and I will raise you 127, which is the amount of points that Minnesota has outscored its last four Big Ten opponents, which is an bad average, Big Ten opponent. Which is an average of 31.75 points per game, and all those Big Ten opponents are better than those non-conference. Okay, let me do my picks. Let me do my picks. (laughs) Those four Big Ten opponents are better than the non-conference opponents that Minnesota played earlier this year. Minnesota's grown. Minnesota's grown. San Diego State, Fresno State, Georgia Southern. Yeah, South Dakota State. Okay, I'll give you Rutgers. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't really see a reason not to pick Minnesota. But yeah, the, the Big Ten teams they beat, can be better than the non-conference teams they beat, but that, that does not mean they're good. And then I'm also going to take Iowa this weekend. Um, I I was feeling Wisconsin yesterday. This is a day-by-day thing for me. I don't yeah. know if you guys know that about me. I was feeling Wisconsin yesterday, but then I went to media availability today, and it's the, the tone of the team and the things they were saying, it felt like it felt everything felt under control. It felt that I... No one was super confident or no one was voicing that confidence, but it seems like more than past weeks, they have in their mind what they need to do. And they, I think they feel like they have the tools to get it done. And I, I don't know. I just, I felt, this felt like a different week to me for some reason. I'm, I, if I am picking this game out of gut feeling, that's, I think that's a good way to describe it. So there you go. So you guys are no fun. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, we're plenty fun. Bills. You guys all pick the same teams. I'm just uh, I'm a. No, I'm a salmon. I, I yeah. So, <laughs> Mills, I I have a follow up question for your picks. Done. If Iowa beats Wisconsin, and Minnesota beats Penn State, how do you see the rest of the West shaping out? Well. Let me, this is what happens if Iowa beats Wisconsin and Minnesota beats Penn State. If Minnesota beats Iowa, it wins the West outright. If Iowa beats Wisconsin, 
It has to beat both Illinois and Nebraska, and Minnesota has to lose to either Northwestern or Wisconsin to set up Iowa winning the West. And Minnesota wins the West? Do you think Minnesota's going to beat Iowa, or do you think Minnesota's going to... Minnesota's absolutely going to beat Northwestern, and I think both these teams win this weekend. So you think think Minnesota wins the West? If they both win this weekend? Seems to be that way. PJ, PJ Fleck just signed that fat seven-year contract extension. He's looking for some dubs. I'm thinking if Iowa beats Wisconsin and Minnesota beats Penn State, Iowa can beat Minnesota, and then I don't think Minnesota's going to beat Wisconsin. So then, but I mean, who knows? Minnesota is Wisconsin. on its its first 8-0 start to the season since 1941, which is pretty wild. So... You know, just gut, I'm just gut feelings. I don't have any logic for you. I can't help you there. I'm just, this is straight from the heart. So Wisconsin did lose to Illinois, so you really can't use logic in that point. Go Gophers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Row the boat. That was a big boat rower over here. Yeah, big, big boat guy. And as always, we got another Mount Rushmore coming up. Mills came up with the idea. What Would you like to explain your reasoning, Mills? Yeah, the uh, the old Iowa Hawkeyes are making a little pilgrimage in the land of Wisconsin this weekend to, uh, and you know Wisconsin is famous for the cheese, so we're talking about cheese, and we're all going to pick our favorite cheeses, and we're gonna we're gonna argue about it. Would you like to start us off, Pete Mills? Yeah, sure. Um, so when I was thinking about this, it was kind of a struggle. I like cheese a lot. Some cheeses are gross. Like blue cheese is just kind of it's moldy. It's all it is. It's moldy cheese, kind of nasty. I don't know why anyone likes that. I really do, one of my favorite things is cream cheese spread. I really like to go to Brugger's and I get an everything bagel with plain cream cheese. That's all I like. So I, hopefully that counts as a cheese. Thank you guys for listening. Okay, adding on to that, Mills, I'll piggyback off that. My favorite kind of cheese, I'm not a huge cheese guy in oh, the first that's place. Great. What's wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. My favorite kind of cheese is the cheese on a cheeseburger. American cheese. But what kind of cheese on a cheeseburger? You can get, oh, you Let's can go with cheddar. Hot. Cheddar cheese on a cheeseburger is pretty good. American's not bad. I am a big fan of cowboy burgers with the barbecue sauce and the bacon. So as long as those things are on there, I'll be happy. I'm not a big cheese guy. Yeah. Oh. Do, you like, do you like Parmesan on your pasta? Not really. Really? I, I mean, I don't mind it, but I don't. It's pretty unnecessary. I am all. Okay. Oh, it's my turn? Yep. Well, cheesecake. Because you got Such cheese, you got cake, you put them together, it's delicious. I don't know what type of cheese goes into cheesecake, so don't ask me. It's cream cheese, actually. But, like, I don't know if some people make it with different types of cheeses. It really doesn't matter. It's cake, and it's good. That's all I got for you. It's a good one. Okay. Thank you. It hits different at the Cheesecake Factory. Also. I've never had cheesecake. It's awesome. Time. Same. It's very good. Why you gotta fight with me at cheesecake? You know I love to go there. <laughs> All right, to uh, round out our Mount Rushmore of cheeses, even if you don't pick a specific type of cheese or anything, never mind. Um, my selection for cheese is gonna be mozzarella cheese. I don't have anything specific to say about it. It's just excellent in any form, whether it be on top of something in a mozzarella stick or something of that capacity. Just an all-around excellent cheese that I, I enjoy eating. Have you said, like, straight up a 
guava mozzarella. I haven't had that before, awesome. but I'm not opposed to it. If you do that in tomatoes, it's just... Robert was just going to come at us for not choosing a specific you said, type you of cheese. You said the type of cheese on a burger. Until he realized he was outnumbered, and we would have fought him. Mills, I like, Mills was fine. I mean, saying cheese on a That's burger. That's the same kind of cheese. Cream cheese is much more specific. No, you said on a bagel. I said on a burger. No, I said cream. No, he said cream cheese. You just said whatever. There's so many Then I said cheddar, American. I don't care. I like burger. hamburgers. And she said cheesecake. Okay, but cheesecake is by far the best out of anyone. Yes, I love so cheesecake, far. but is cheesecake considered cheese? Are cream you cheese. Con- it has cheese in the name. I can see you typing. Cheesecake is a, a cheese. Is cream cheese considered a cheese? <laughs> <laughs> this man trying oh, to pull out all the receipts. It literally has cheese in the title, so I don't oh, know. Oh wait, what you according mean. to this Wikipedia article, Wikipedia. under Breaking wait, news. that's the that's what we need to go to on this one. Under main ingredients for cheesecake, it lists cheese, so... Breaking I, news. I think I have to attack Cream my... Cream cheese. She's, not, she's cheese not a fraud, there, so. actually. Breaking news. Anna's not a fraud. Okay, well, there we have it. That's a lot of cheese. More cheese argument than I thought I was going to hear t- tonight. So, thanks for listening, and let's keep that football season going. Season. <laughs>